what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Foot Candle Films. Film news and reviews from two guys who really like movies. This episode is brought to you by the Foot Candle Film Society. For a schedule of upcoming screenings and membership information, visit the Society's website at www.footcandle.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Foot Candle Films here on TheMesh.TV. I'm Alan. This is Chris. And we're glad to have you here with us today as we uh, record our latest episode talking all about movies and films, a little review, a little discussions, a little recommendations, all mixed into a nice, enjoyable what do we normally run? 45 minutes? Sure. Maybe 45 minutes of pure audio enjoyment for you here. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to be reviewing the film Wild, starring Reese Witherspoon and Laura Dern. Then we'll move on to recapping the Oscars. We had the Oscar ceremonies just a few weeks ago. Haven't had a chance to sit down at the mic and talk about it and get a little bit of our reactions to the awards given that night. And then we'll wrap up the show with our online recommendation or a film that you should shortly be able to check out online that we think you all you might want to do, you might have overlooked or might not be aware of. So with that, let's go ahead and get started, Chris, if that's okay with you. Sounds good. Let's go ahead and start with our first review, which is the film Wild. Oh my God. What have I done? I'm sorry. You have to walk a thousand miles just to... Finish that sentence. Some questions I've been asking myself. What if I forgive myself? What if I was sorry? But if I could go back in time, I wouldn't do a single thing differently. What if all those things I did were the things that got me here? Chris, here we are. It's March 2015. We are one fourth of the way through the new year. Wow. But we're still talking about films from last year. So Wild is no exception. Wild was nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress at the Academy Awards that were held just a few weeks ago. This is a film that officially came out, I think, in November or December yeah. of last year. Sure. But a lot of venues are just now getting a chance to see it because it didn't get the biggest distribution. Uh, it actually did not come to our local town on its own. We had to bring it here through our film society. Correct. So I want to talk a little bit about the film Wild, but... I think it's interesting as we had a film maybe six months ago that we reviewed called Tracks. Mm-hmm. This was a film about uh, autobiography of a woman who actually traveled across the Aust- Australian outback on her own with some camels. And uh, it was, of course, autobiographical. It was about a, about a young woman kind of going on a journey uh, about the hardship she faced on the trip. And now we're talking about Wild, which, in a nutshell, is kind of the same storyline. Sure. My question to start it off to you is if you had to recommend one single female trekking across a long distance <laughs> you can only see with, one with hardships, across the distance. dealing with an emotional journey, which film would it be? Would it be Tracks that we reviewed a few months ago, which we, you and I both generally liked, or is it Wild? You know, it, it's without any reservations, I can say Wild. Really? And yeah. So I, Wild was your favorite of the two? Absolutely. Okay. And having just seen it, you know, just came off a screening last night, it's hard for me to kind of reconcile why. Because like you're mentioning, the stories are very similar. Um, They're both based on true stories. Both were based on books that were written by these people. Very true. Um, So, and both people had a lot to say in the making of the film. Apparently, you know, both, 
you know, Cheryl strayed for a while, and I cannot remember the lady from um, Tracks. Right. But both both had a lot to say. So, you know, what makes the difference? And Maya mm-hmm. Wasikowska from Tracks was really good. And, you know, obviously, because she got nominated, Reese Witherspoon in Wild's very good. Um, I think it has something to do with how the main character is able to show why they're doing what they're doing. Yes. Because, you know, both, okay, if you just take, if you isolate the fact that, yes, both these women made these ridiculous treks, that's amazing in itself. So the document of that is amazing, even though it's not a document because this is a film version of it, but the realization that that happened is kind of amazing in itself. But what for me set Wild apart was you learned a little bit more about the person that was doing the trek. Yeah. You learned a little bit about why Cheryl was doing it. Um, and that made some of the things that happened within the film more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I felt like I could relate, even though I'm very thankful that I have not had a lot of the bad things that happened to Cheryl happen to me. Right. But I could relate to why she made the choice mm-hmm. to do what she did. How, how are you? How no, you I'm with you. I, I did like Wild better than Tracks. Not tremendously more. There are actually things about Tracks I did admire and like a lot. Wild, I thought, was a better film better made film and it mainly is because of the lead character like you said i the track the issue i always had with tracks is that i never quite got a really good handle on why she was taking the journey she took agreed it was more of a i just want to do it i kind of just want to be alone i just feel like this is something i want to do and that's not enough for me to feel really the emotional connection you need to a character with cheryl strade played by reese witherspoon there was definitely more of a motivation there was definitely more understanding of why to you know. To me, I felt like, to kind of expound upon that, with Wild, I felt like it was a trip that she had to make. It wasn't a choice. Okay. It was, I have to do this. I have yeah. to do this. With Tracks, it was a ch- I felt like more, now granted, I haven't read the books of either one. I'm just basing this on my movie experience. But it was, I want to do this. I just want to do it. I, I want to do it. I want, yeah. to, I want to do it. And there wasn't, other than that, it was just a want. You know, it wasn't like make or break type situation. It was just like, eh, yeah. I, want, I want to do this. I and will say though, and I agree, I'm, I'm completely on board with you on this. The one thing I think that was a little bit of a misgiving of, of the wild that I wish they had a l- few more minutes dedicated to. We see the past of Cheryl Strayed quite extensively, both high school years and then when things start to go really downhill after her mother passes away, mm-hmm. there's a moment. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I think you probably can figure that out sure. from trailers and all that, too. Right. There's a moment where she makes the decision to go on this hike. And it was, to me, of all the things that you could have expanded on and made a little bit more fleshed out, that was the one moment that felt so quick and brief. That's the only misgiving I've got with the background of the, the reason for taking the journey is that I just thought that moment of realization where she had with a friend of hers and it was just kind of this quick little moment. I just thought, you know, for that to be such an impactful moment for her to make this decision that, you know what, my life is down the tubes. I have to change it. I need to change it for these reasons. That moment was, was just not handled as, as nicely as I would have liked to it to have that real, real gut punch emotion I needed. But the rest of the film with her character was great. I think I got enough of the motivation throughout the whole film it's just that one moment I felt like was a little glossed over, and I would have liked to have had a little bit more to chew on with that. That's interesting that you, you, make, that, you make that point. And I think in a way, I, I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I agree with what you're saying, but I feel, or I can, I can see what you're saying, but in a way, I feel 
Like that's actually maybe a strength of the film for me. You liked it not going into as well, much. Well, because know. when you originally, I was, I was sitting here thinking as you were saying that, like, yeah, now when did that moment occur? I can't remember because she has so much messed up stuff happen yeah. to her. When does that moment occur? Don't, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to say when it happens. But I think I've settled on, oh, yes. Okay, I remember a conversation with a friend and there's an, a critical event that kind of happens. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, now I'm going to do it. But because I think that, because I think that it was kind of a choice not to give it a little bit more time, which would have been fine, but it kind of says like, yeah, it's just finally come to a head and we're not going to have this big dramatic moment. Instead, we're mm-hmm. going to kind of say it is literally a culmination of all this yeah, it, stuff. It could have been an artistic but, choice there. And I think maybe. for me, that's the one, one misgiving I have with the film is I wish it was a little more of that, that, that moment, that realization, sure. that real turning point for her because the film plays a lot with time i mean there's like flashbacks throughout the film i'd almost honestly if you were to carve it up i guarantee you half the running time of the film is flashbacks versus half of it being real time the trip and that's one thing that really set it apart from tracks as well tracks we had no looking backwards except for maybe a couple fleeting dreamlike moments but nothing that really helped us understand where she got to from here Cheryl Strayed, we we see very explicitly this is everything that's kind of gone on in the past and this is what's led up to this point. Right. And I did like that. I like the way they chose to do it too. I guess, you know, jumping all over the place can be kind of a cop-out maybe to try to make a movie more interesting as opposed to telling mm-hmm. it linearly. Mm-hmm. But I think the way they chose this, sometimes dreams, but other times literally just I've heard a sound and it makes me think of something yes. that happened to me or I hear a song and it makes me well, the think film of something works the same way a brain does. It's like right. something triggers you a visual cue, a sound cue. And all of a sudden you're remembering something that relates to that. Right. And the film does a great job, both with sound and visuals of triggering those memories. So it wasn't just forced memories. It's like, Oh, this is a real dramatic moment. Let's put in this real dramatic flashback. No, it was like, okay, she's at a dramatic moment. She sees something, she hears something and that immediately triggers this rem- this memory, this thought, and it all connected together really nice. So. I, it's something I want to touch on that one of our members expounded upon last night and uh, in our discussion after the film was how much the sound design contributed to the mood of the film. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that too. And I wish in a way this would have been nominated since we're talking Oscar type things that this would have been nominated for sound design because the way they would use music and you know, you're hiking and it's kind of like they would, it would be muffled or you would hear little kind of like clips. Sometimes it would be mingled with her singing over top of it. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it kind of was like, this is the way you experience music. You'll hear in your head and you'll maybe start to mumble some of it. Mm-hmm. And it felt very true to the experience of being all your, all by yourself yeah. and hiking and kind of like what kind of pops into your head. And, and so I, I don't know. I just found that no, very, I agree. It added to the experience well, of the film. Well, the thing I probably enjoyed the most about the film was that the way they incorporated the flashbacks and the audio cues and the kind of stream of consciousness talking to yourself and singing to yourself and thinking about things. It's a really it's, – it's difficult to represent how the human brain works when you're on your own for days on end like this. This film probably came about as close as I can imagine to representing that that thought process that I could see somebody going through. I thought it did a really good job of that. Uh, it's a little chaotic. It's a little confusing at times. Sometimes it's hard to make out what's happening, but I think that's intentional. I think that's the sure. way our brain operates and they were trying to resemble that. Something that I was reflecting on the cinematography in the movie 
Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? I, I, I appreciate the fact that they didn't try to go over the tops with scenery. This could have been one of those films where like every other shot was meant to be this beautiful montage shot. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. There were a couple shots that were really pretty scenic shots. And even she was recognizing that, wow, this is a really beautiful scene I'm looking at. But it wasn't overdone. I thought the cinematography was very straightforward, except for the flashbacks and all the imagery things. Otherwise, when we're following her, it's a pretty straight on uh, looking film. Well, and I was surprised Mm -hmm. by that because in a film like this, where you're making this trek through nature and there's supposed to be a lot of bonding and a lot of shifting of your mood and Mm -hmm. of how you think, I was surprised that there were very few moments. And I felt like when there were moments, they actually were very still understated and kind of muted to me, Mm -hmm. um, which kind of took me back. But I think, in a way, you can relate that back to how she says, like, you know, there's a sunrise and sunset and moments of beauty and you have to choose to see them. Yeah. So I, I, I was I was surprised. Well, if you think about it, the actual strange. probably the most scenic shot I can recall from the whole film was the very first frame we see. Mm. The very first, like before she even yeah. enters the frame. That was probably the most scenic, beautiful shot of the whole film. And it was done right up front. And then it was followed by a scene of agony and <laughs> disgust, you know, something really gross happening with her anyway we won't go into it <laughs> so i thought that was kind of funny that you know we're seeing the most beautiful shot and then we're also seeing a very disgusting shot yes right afterwards and then that's kind of the tone the film leaves us with so i did really like the film i didn't love it i mean i thought there were still some things i don't know what it is about it that just didn't make me connect to it quite at a high level but i did mm-hmm. really like it i did like laura dern's performance as the mom although I've seen Laura Dern in many, many other shows, movies, and this is still a typical Laura Dern performance for me. I mean, it's a little manic. It's a little out flighty. <clears throat> it's a little uh, flip-flopping between the spacey and the very down-to-earth. I thought she was really good at it. It's just I didn't see it as anything revolutionary from her with all the acclaim she was getting, getting nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Hmm. Um, Reese Witherspoon, I've seen in good films before. I still think Election is probably one of the best things she's done. This is definitely the most powerful performance I've seen her do. And it was good. Should it have won Best Actress? Eh, maybe, maybe not. I wouldn't have been upset if it did. Sure. But it wasn't this powerhouse breakthrough performance that just blew me away either. The filmmaking is what more got me with this than the actual performances. How do you, I mean, how would you feel about the performances in it? I, I thought they were both really strong. And I was, um, I, don't, I don't know. I think as a, as a total package, I just kept, I couldn't help but keep referring to it as opposed to tracks. And yeah. tracks actually, that's what jumps out about me about that movie was the cinematography yeah. and the scenery. And that was just, you know, breathtaking and beautiful. And um, whereas this, you know, it was more, seemed to be more grounded yeah. in real life. And that's, I guess, why I responded to it. And it could be, you know, the director of this also directed Dallas Buyers Club. Yes. and Which, which has a real knack for kind of capturing real, real situations life, without any gritty. glamour on it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think I just, I responded to this more because of that. I will say, too, um, one of the things that I think I'm a little higher on this film than you, but you still, if you had to only recommend one oh, absolutely, I would, I would recommend Wild. Okay. But... I didn't love the film. I, I, and again, I can't even put my finger on what it is that just kept me from loving it. Huh. I, hate, I don't want to think it's fatigue of these type of films because I've only seen two, and but it has been the last few months. Films with strong female leads are kind of few and far between yeah. sometimes. So. But I, I did like the film. I did really respect it. Uh, something kept me from loving it, and I can't quite put my finger on it yet. Well, the thing, two of the instances that I 
well, actually three. I can think of three instances in the film that I really responded to, and that's what kind of puts me up between just saying, oh, it's a decent film, to kind of like liking it. I wouldn't mm. say love it, but you know, I, I like it. Um, three different scenes. There's a scene when she's going on the trail right. that she encounters a journalist who is doing stories on hobos. Yes. I loved that whole interaction. <laughs> that was it was funny. That was gold. Yeah. And genuine. You know, it wasn't yeah. like that. It was it was awesome. And I'm not gonna say any more about it, but I love that scene. <laughs> it was good. Um I loved another scene where she meets up with some fellow campers and one of the or not campers, but hikers. Yep. And one of the fellow hikers um starts to sing a song. Yeah. And the other two are like, shut up. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, okay, you don't like that one? I'll do this one. Starts to do another one. And it's like, it's so irritating. As someone who's been hiking and things get stuck in your head and when you're out there with no that, oh, like, yeah. I could, t- and I thought that to me was very genuine, very honest, and was played like really well. Oh, it was played was, completely straight. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. That was like amazing to me. Um, and so like, it could have been a documentary happening and that mm-hmm. could have happened because that's just something that happens all the time when you're yeah. out hiking. So that, that was amazing. Now, both of those were comedic. Yeah. The final one, and Alan may uh, get a little dusty in the room. <laughs> oh, I know where um, you're going with this. <laughs> uh, the final one has to do with she encounters a young boy and his grandmother Yeah. on the trail and through their conversation that's had, and he leaves her with a song. That was awesome. Yeah. And I was curious how you were going to react to that scene because I could see some people thinking it's too cliched. It was too, like, emotionally like like structured me i didn't feel that way i thought it was great and uh, the fact that it led to her as soon as they walked away having an emotional reaction but they wait a beat they yeah a oh no i know it was like, very well done it, it was, was yeah. you're right yes because that that scene doesn't just happen it's nice no it pulls out an emotional response from her but how that was handled is such a tight wire act because yeah. Yeah, it sounds cheesy, predictable. A little like a, kid she stumbles across who's right, kind of got a similar it. situation to her and he right. sings a song to her. Yeah, it's on paper. It sounds really cliche and right. meant for the big Oscar moment at the end of the film. Right. But I, like, I thought it was well done. Yeah, I, I think it was well done. I think a lot of that has to do with Reese Witherspoon holding back and actually this random kid <laughs> holding back or maybe, you know, could – who knows, maybe be an untrained actor. I have well, he, no idea. He talked like a kid would on the trail that you would run and across like, like that. Man, and just letting it kind of happen. And then, like, not pushing the conversation to go any further. It was yeah. kind of like, whoop, that, that happened. And then it just kind of disappeared. But then it does then, resonate. Then with, resonates with an emotional yeah. reaction from her. So, I, I don't know. I felt like that was just, that was, that's what, you know, I was liking the film. And that gave me the extra... No, I'm with you. I love that. I love that scene. I thought that scene was probably was my favorite in the film by by far. Um, There were some great moments, great scenes. Again, I'm I I can't can't quite get my head around it. What kept me from loving it? But um, I definitely admired it and liked it. And there are definitely moments in the film that I really, truly appreciated. So, yeah. That's wild. It's a, like you said, directed by Jean-Marc Vallée, who's the uh, director of Dallas Buyers Club. Right. Um, I don't know anything else filmography from him other than these two films, but I'm impressed so far. Sure. Dallas Buyers Club I thought was a really good film that could have also been played for 
emotional, uh, just pulling on the heartstrings. And it gave us a much more gritty, realistic, grounded story than I expected when I saw it. I think we can both say that what we want from John Mark Fillet next is just to do the next Guardians of the Galaxy. We want him to do something completely different instead of people with like these messed up, sad lives. No, I, you know what? I'm okay. We want if him to we, do like Guardians of the if Galaxy. If we've got to have directors making movies about people going on emotional journeys and, and all that, I'd rather him keep doing it instead okay. of some of these other directors that try to pull it off and unfortunately it fails. And he seems to have had a knack for it so far. So I, I'm, I'm saying let's go. Keep going. Keep going. He's not doing the Wes Anderson thing. He's not a one trick pony yet. He's Whoa, still got, you know, he's a harsh criticism. Hey, hey, I love Wes Anderson, <laughs> but he is kind of a one, one trick guy, but that one trick is just really good. So, you know, gotcha. anyway, that's the film wild, uh, with Reese Witherspoon didn't walk away with any awards at the Academy Awards, but it got nominated. And I think it's worth the nominations. It definitely got for the, for, for those performances as well. So it should be online here almost by the time you're listening to this, maybe, uh, maybe a week or two later, I think it's coming out online in like late March. Something like that. So definitely one, definitely one to check out for sure. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do some uh, recap news about the Oscar ceremonies and kind of the winners and losers from that. And then we'll f- cap off the show with our recommendation for the, for the episode. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, Alan and Chris here with an exciting announcement about something coming to the Western North Carolina area later this year. It's the first ever Foot Candle Film Festival. That's right, an honest-to-goodness film festival that's happening September 25th through the 27th at the Salt Block in Hickory, North Carolina. Films are being submitted from all over the world to be considered. Do you or someone you know have a film that you'd like to submit? Visit footcandle.org and follow the link to the festival for instructions. Stay tuned later in the year as we announce our choices and start selling tickets. Visit footcandle.org for more information. We'll see you in September. Welcome back to Foot Candle Films here on TheMesh.tv. Again, you're listening to this podcast on our network, TheMesh.tv, where you can go and listen to all past episodes, find other shows on The Mesh Network as well. If you like what you're hearing, uh, we'd love it if you went on iTunes and subscribed to the show or give us a star rating. Uh, we always appreciate that. It's good feedback for us. Chris, the Oscars were just a few weeks ago, and we spent a whole half of an episode a while back kind of giving our rec- our picks where we think the Oscars were going to go, who we hope were going to win, blah, 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 all the typical stuff that everybody does. Sure. Well, the Oscars have come and gone. The awards were given. I thought we'd take just maybe a quick few minutes to kind of talk through some of the bigger key moments of the night as far as awards go. Okay. Get some thoughts. And you and I, too, we haven't had a chance to catch up on some of those winners or Best Picture nominees that you and I have actually seen the last couple months but maybe have a head chance to talk about during the show. So maybe we can hit on those as well. Okay. Um, let's go into some of the acting first. Uh, if we want to talk about that a little bit, sure. uh, actor in a supporting role was won by JK Simmons, which you and I both had down as kind of expecting that was going to be the case. And well, he was the hands on favorite. I don't really remember anybody else getting any buzz leading up to the ceremony besides him. Sure. Since then, you and I have actually seen whiplash since yes. one of our last recordings. Is the award warranted now in hindsight, now that you've seen the film? Uh, Absolutely. I think he deserved it. I'm glad he got it. And, you know, nothing warrants the award, can warrant an award more so than when they actually get up there and they give the speech. It's an awesome little speech. Yeah, it was a good speech. I liked his kind of thing. You know, I cannot remember the exact words, but basically he's like, call your parents, let them yeah. hear from you, let them know they love you, they support you. you know, and I thought that was kind of a nice little it was nice. capsule. It and was he nice. seemed very grateful. You know, He wasn't yeah. cocky about the award. So that, that was great. Well, I, I agree. And I, I, I really, really enjoyed Whiplash when I saw it. Um, 
and probably it's going to rank in my top five for the year when, if, when I kind of go back and recalculate my list now that I've seen some other films from 2014 that I did, hadn't seen at that time. Whiplash, I think, is a great movie. I've seen it twice now. J.K. Simmons' performance is just so much fun to watch. Terrifying to watch, but sure. fun to watch. And so I, I was so thrilled to see that he won it, and especially having seen the film at that point, knowing that I thought it was well-deserved as well. Whiplash, you weren't quite as high on that as I was, I seem to recall. Um, there was some. There was a moment in Whiplash that I just mm-hmm. kind of had problems getting on board with. There's a performance that he does after getting in a car wreck. <laughs> <laughs> right. And at that point I was it kind of derailed because it went into um ludicrous territory for a little bit. Hmm. Um but it redeemed itself. Um so I was able to come back on board, but that that one moment just kind of So you just really uh, took, just took me out of the, the moment. Took yeah. me out of the movie. But um the other things about the movie, the editing, the cinematography, the performances um by Simmons and Miles Teller, the more I reflect back on his performance, I think it's stronger than what I gave it credit for after I just saw it because I was yeah. kind of like, oh, you know, but he's so overwhelmed by this yeah. presence of J.K. Rightfully so. That's I think the story right. needs that to happen. Well, I guess the reason I didn't see it get, get as bothered by the scene you're talking about and the moment in the film that where things start to get a little heightened, I guess you could say. Sure. I really saw the film as a very modern day parable. Hmm. And in parables and fairy tales and some of these things, you have these extraordinary situations, this exaggerated storylines. But the overall message that you get throughout it is a very simple one. Hmm. And to me, that's how I kind of took the film. So even when things got a little more extreme than we might be used to in our own everyday lives, it worked for me because I knew the idea is that the overall parable that this thing is talking about to me still resonated and still worked so i really really did like whiplash it's one of my favorite films of last year from that happy to see jk simmons win on that now actor actress in a supporting role you know we just talked about wild and laura dern was nominated for that but patricia arquette from boyhood won best supporting actress right boyhood a film you and i both not terribly over the moon about actually i called it my biggest disappointment of last year because I was fairly let down with the film when I saw it. Although I'll be the first to say Patricia Arquette was really, really good in it. Mm-hmm. And I was happy with her winning. I would have been just as happy with Emma Stone. I would have been just as happy with even Keira Knightley. I don't think she had a chance, but I thought her performance was really good in The Imitation, <laughs> Imitation Game. Game yeah. Looking at Laura Dern, I would have been fine with her winning as well. But Patricia Arquette, I do feel like, had a more substantive role in Boyhood. Sure. And I've just felt like she pulled off every scene she was in. So your, your thoughts were you? I'm on, board I'm on with that? the same page. And as we continue to go through the results, I'll echo this probably. But I'm glad Boyhood got something. Yeah, because um, it didn't get anything else. Right. right. <laughs> even though, like you said, um, you and I both were kind of on the same page when we saw it. I appreciated it more as an achievement and art as opposed to entertainment. Yeah. And the movies that I really like, I get all three of those: art, achievement, and entertainment. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but I was glad she did a good job, um, and I was glad that yeah, Boyhood got something. So yeah, I, I too again as we kind of just alluded to, of course, if you didn't see the Oscars or don't know what we're talking about, Boyhood was kind of a favorite front runner for most of the year before a little film called Birdman started to snatch up all of its attention, and you know surprisingly so, Boyhood walked away with nothing besides Best Supporting Actress, which was interesting, and we maybe talk about that here in a, a bit more in a moment. Now, in the actor in a leading role, 
Yes. Eddie Redmayne won for The Theory of Everything. Yes. You and I discussed this film a couple episodes ago. Yes. Um, both of us not caring for the film terribly much. I think our biggest issue was we just didn't feel like we knew the character of Stephen Hawking through the performance as well as we should. It was all physical. It was all a physical role as opposed to getting to know the character. Now, I'll be the first to say from a physical standpoint, he did a fascinating job from a physicality resembling Stephen Hawking. But I still feel like there wasn't anything deeper than that. And that, that it was a disappointment for me that he won. I know he was kind of the days leading up to the the event. He was kind of the front runner. Right. It's still a disappointment for me. I would have loved to see Michael Keaton win this. Although looking at all the other actors, and I've seen all the films but one that got nominated. The only one I haven't seen is Foxcatcher. You know, other than Michael Keaton and Eddie Redmayne, I don't think any of the other ones should have won anyway. Steve Carell, Bradley Cooper for American Sniper, and Benedict Cumberbatch for Imitation Game. I didn't feel like any of those, the two of the three I saw were strong enough to warrant winning best, best actor. Sure. Your thoughts on the category. Were you happy with Eddie Redmayne or you would rather seen somebody else? I would have rather seen somebody else Um, because of the things we've talked about and the shining spot for me in Birdman was Michael Keaton. Okay. So if they, they were going to walk away with only one award from the Oscars. That's the one best I actor. You would have been happy with that one. That's the one I wanted them to okay. walk away from. Unfortunately, that did not happen, and other things that we will talk about. Didn't. So everything transpired against you with <laughs> yes. these Oscars. Basically, is what yes. we're hearing. This is really the Take year of wanted, Chris's woes. Everything Chris wanted did not happen. Actually, the flip opposite of it happened. So we'll, Michael we'll, Bay won the Oscars this year. Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Alternative universe where <laughs> Michael Bay sweeps the Oscars this year. That's right. uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, Michael Keaton. I really wanted to see him win this because I've seen the film three times now mm. and I still feel like his performance is masterful. And yes, it has moments where you could see him doing the Beetlejuice thing. Yes, it has moments where he goes a little manic, kind of like a a typical Michael Keaton performance, but he just gets it right. And you could just read so much on the guy's face in every single scene, even the scenes where he's looking at himself in a mirror and just, I don't know. He gets it. He totally gets it. The role was meant for him. Uh, he was so completely invested. I really hated not seeing him win that. So me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so actress in a leading role went to Julianne Moore, still Alice I have not seen. I still have not seen. Still either, so. <laughs> not seen. One of the few films that gets nominated for a big award that you and I have not seen. Right. Really, it's Fox Sketcher and Still Alice are like the two that I just didn't see. Right. And uh, so Julianne Moore won for Still Alice. She beat out Reese Witherspoon for Wild, which we mentioned. Uh, Rosamund Pike for Gone Girl. Felicity Jones, The Theory of Everything. Marion Cotillard for Two Days, One Night. Uh, I think in this situation, I would have been happy with Rosamund Pike winning. Although I would have, I, been, I would yeah. have been happy with. I'm on the same. I would have yeah. been happy with Rosamund Pike. I just and the more I reflect back on that film, we reviewed it here on the show. Without her, I think that film would have been nothing. Oh Even yeah, though David absolutely. Fincher was the director. He's a good absolutely. director. And I didn't think it elevated Mr. the whole film job, to a whole different level. But she is so pivotal to that. And the night of the Oscars, I was like, oh man, I I really want it, but but she didn't. So. There again, we can't judge Julianne Moore. I like Julianne Moore a lot as an actress. So I was sure. happy to see her win the and Oscar. I'm sure, she did a good job, I'm sure it's a good film and good performance. I wouldn't have been upset if Reese Witherspoon won for a while now that I've seen the film, although I just don't think it was the best performance that we could have gotten this year from a female. So Felicity Jones, no, I, I liked her, but it wasn't best actress performance. Um, you know, the, the so, thing is, too, which listeners probably know this, I usually try to pull for something I feel like is like odd or mm-hmm. unique, you know, in some way. And 
I, you know, Mr. Oh, I want to be different, rail against the status quo. And so, you know, it was like all these Oscar time, all these biopics, all these things yeah. based on a true story, mm-hmm. all this stuff. So, or it's like they put a movie out because it's serious subject matter right. and they know that it's going to be, you know, which, you know, do you want Transformers winning the Oscars or do you want Birdman? Yeah. You know, so there's sure. that. But that's why I kind of gravitate towards Rosen Pike because it was such an interesting role and unlike anything else in that category. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, it was. It was. So it was. Uh, that's what appealed to me. Like, oh, wouldn't that be kind role. of odd, quirky if that were? Yeah. So. Uh, but Julianne Moore, again, I really admire her as an actress. I like almost everything she's in, so I'm happy happy with that win. Um, directing. Let's just hit directing really quick. Of course, directors, that's my favorite category. I love the director's field. Uh, you know, In this, really, as far as I was concerned, there were only two front runners, <laughs> maybe a third, but really two. It was either going to be Linklater for Boyhood. It was going to be Anna Road 2 for Birdman. Maybe the dark horse was Wes Anderson for Grand Budapest Hotel because Grand Budapest Hotel did win almost all the a lot of the costume and um, production design and all the things that kind of made the film look good. Mm -hmm. It won. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, But um, it did not win. Uh, Birdman won with uh, Alessandro Onorotu winning for director. Me, my picks were I really thought Boyhood was going to take best picture because of the ensemble and the, the, the overall theme of the film right. and the, the production of it. But I really felt like Birdman was going to win for directing because it was more of a virtuoso directing accomplishment. Right. And sure enough, it won for director. So I kind of expected that and was happy to see that happen as well. Your thoughts? I, <laughs> I know. I know. You don't like to give him an award. I get but, it. And get, going back to our review, too, it was like – he was the, I felt like, you know, who knows, but I felt like he was my central problem with that film Yeah, was the director. So yes, not, not, not my choice. Who would you prefer? Do you want to see Linklater win for directing? Probably. Yeah. yeah. For bothering to try to pull. Okay. And here's the more thing. of a recognition of the effort. And here's the thing in a way you would think, wait, Chris, why aren't you happy that an R2 won Birdman? Because it was such an achievement to pull off this like one take film that did all these like crazy things. And Okay. True. So is it Transformers? No, it's not. But if you have two films that both pulled off pretty incredible feats, but one person kind of does it quietly, the other person is kind of like, I felt, ramming it in your face. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, if both people do really cool art, but one is very showy about it and the other one is very kind of nonchalant about it, I'd like for the nonchalant person to get it. So so that's that's kind of my take. But, you know. Can I say something controversial? Absolutely. Okay. And go ahead. Uh, the, the address you're going to write to for uh, any refutal <laughs> on this is uh, info at uh, themesh.tv. I've really thought a lot about boyhood. Okay. And here's my take on it now. I don't think it's that big a deal. Wow. Even the whole big over words, however many Mr. years. Jackson. I thought about it. I'm like, okay. Ethan Hawke is a friend of Richard Linklater's. They do a lot of films together. Mm-hmm. How hard, honestly... Is it for them to say, you know what, every couple of years we're going to pull these five or six key people together for a couple, a few weeks. I'm sure their shoot every time they got together was not more than a couple of weeks because it was like maybe 15, 20 minutes of time in the film for every time period. And their lead actor, the kid, doesn't, hasn't acted in anything else. So it's not like he's a career actor. Right. It's like really how hard it was it to pull these people together and to film some scenes of them being a family and interacting with each other and then put it all together in a movie. 
I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I'm starting to question my whole belief on, I wow. Think it this, I think this, it would be incredibly hard. I, I don't think so anymore. I think actually, you know what? It maybe wasn't that hard. So wow. in a way, I'm almost wondering if that's kind of the idea of why it really didn't win a whole lot is I think a lot of the critics are saying, well, a lot of the Academy. Now, the critics loved it. Right. I think the Academy, other actors, other people in the guild are saying, eh, I mean, all right, it was cool that he got the same people together every few years, but so what? That's where I am right now. I'm kind of like, I just don't, I don't see it as much the technical accomplishment as I was thinking it was when I first saw it or were expected to see it. Hmm. Anyway, like I said, okay. send your email to info at TV. <laughs> Tell me how I'm wrong on that. We're not going to hit all the other categories just because, you know, Big Hero 6 won Best Animated Feature. I don't want to keep rubbing that in your face because I know how upset you are that Lego Movie wasn't even nominated for that. Right. Although it did win. Grace is I guessed it would win and it did win. So Although Oscar it did win something, right? No, it didn't. I'm no, sorry. My no, bad. It didn't. No, it didn't even win Best Song. So I had to rub that in your, your face as right. well, too. Which the only saving grace of that was that Selma, the one thing it got nominated for, I really liked that movie. The one thing well, it got nominated for was the song, and it yeah. won. So Talk about Selma. Uh, we, you and I both saw Selma's before the, the ceremony. We did. I was really impressed with Selma. It I was, was a much better film than I expected it to be. I think it got a lot of short shift in the Academy Awards. I think it should have gotten more nominations. I think the lead actor playing Martin Luther King Jr. was amazing. I did, too. Um, I think the directing was amazing. I think some of the scenes were absolutely harrowing to watch, especially on the bridge and the way it was shot and done. The song was really good at the end. I mean, everything worked for that film to take a historical event that could have gotten way over preachy, could have gotten way over sentimental. Right. We actually got a film that was very grounded. It showed Martin Luther King to be a human being and Mm -hmm. not this mythical figure. I loved it. I really did love it. It definitely placed in my top 10 for the year, which was a surprise because when I heard of the film, saw the previews, I thought, well, I want to see it, but I'm not expecting it to be great. Right. And I actually came away thinking it was a really, really good movie. Your yeah. thoughts on it? No, I'm, I'm absolutely on the same page. Shocked, as was most of the general populace, and you saw probably saw outrage on Twitter about how it was basically ignored yeah. the Oscars except for that. And yeah, I just... See, I would it's give directing. I would have given directing to the director of Selma way above the director for like the theory of everything, or which, imitation game, or oh, actually, yeah, the imitation game. That's the one I'm thinking about. I don't think yeah. theory of everything got nominated for director. I think it was the imitation game. Yeah, Morden Tildum for the imitation game. That was just a paint by numbers. Let's shoot a biopic movie. Enjoyable. I like the performances. I like the story of the imitation game, but directing is not at all what I would have thought of as being something strong in right. that. But yet you look at Selma and how it was put together and how it was shot in so many places. That was a, a really, really impressive film. So, Agreed. Yeah. Kind of a shame. I yeah. think in hindsight, I definitely can understand the outrage people had that it didn't get more recognition than it did, but it did win best song. And I thought it was a well, good performance during the Oscars too sure. of the song. So I enjoyed that. Uh, you know, Grand Budapest, Budapest Hotel won a bunch of the production design, music, costuming, makeup, and all that, which I think was well warranted. So it actually won a lot of awards, none of the big ones, but enough to say it's a really probably the most well recognized film now of Wes Anderson's career from an awards standpoint. Right. So let's just kind of hit on Best Picture then, kind okay. of the wrap up, if that's okay with you. We had eight sure. nominees. Uh, we saw all of the nominees before the ceremony. Uh, it was great to kind of know that we had those all checked off and we can make a good, fair <laughs> assessment. Birdman did walk away with Best Picture. I think it was a surprise, even though I personally wanted it to win. I was actually honestly surprised that it did. 
I'm surprised uh, Boyhood did not get anything more than it did. I would have been happy if Dark Horse Whiplash had won. I think that would have been like crazy to see it win, but I knew that probably wasn't a chance. Right. We've seen the other nominees and a couple we haven't talked about yet. American Sniper. Yes. That was one of those films that in the month or so leading up to the ceremony, it's like some people are like, ooh, could this actually come up and take over? Yeah. And it didn't. I don't think it won maybe sound design, sound effects. I think, yeah, one of those two. Yeah, one of the sound categories it won. But that's it. Right. Uh, You and I both saw American Sniper. What were your thoughts on that film? I thought it was was interesting. I felt a little bit like... Um, it was probably maybe over long, but it was telling a true story about a guy's life. And, yeah. you know, obviously he's a sniper and he was one of the, I guess, the best sniper that's ever been in the military. I thought Bradley Cooper's performance was was really good. And okay. one of the best things I've seen Bradley Cooper, if not I, the best thing. I'm with you I've on that. I think do. it was the best he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a showy performance, which no. oftentimes when you think of Oscars and you think of an Oscar performance, you think of something showy or something big, which right. is why they get recognized. Um but it was very understated. He did do the whole physical thing where he kind of gained a lot of weight and kind of bulked mm-hmm. it and just, and not in a flattering way. Like he wasn't like muscular. He was just kind of like this big hulking guy. Um, and I, I really um, was impressed with that. Some of the shots, which when I go into a Clint Eastwood movie, he's the mm-hmm. director of this, I don't usually anticipate seeing a lot of cinematography that I'm going to remember. He's yeah. kind of a straightforward filmmaker, which is nothing wrong with that. But so there's a scene with a sandstorm that I thought was kind of interestingly cinematic. No, it was, it it was looked, a good, it good looked, scene. It was shot in a neat way. There was a plot thread that I did kind of have problems with. It was like he was, at some points, he was having a competition with an opposing sniper from mm-hmm. the uh, insurgency, you know, and I kind of had a problem with that and how that's resolved. Um, but overall, okay film, not a great like film. Yeah. The Best Picture nomination was surprising to me for this film, even Agreed. though I did, I was okay with the film. Uh, I liked moments of it. I liked the lead performance. At the end of the day, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot there, but it was interesting. So I've actually kind of mentally, I I know my ranking of those eight nominations, and I'd like to share those with you if I could do that. (laughs) Okay. Birdman was my favorite film of the year from these eight nominations. It was. Whiplash was probably my second favorite of the eight. Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. And then Selma. Okay. Now there's a there's a line there now. So top those four. top four are really really good movies gotcha. that I would have been happy with any of those four winning Best Picture. Okay. Okay. Then we get to the bottom half, where I've got The Imitation Game, which I enjoyed, but I didn't think it was Best Picture material. Okay. I just thought it was a good, enjoyable, interesting film. Okay. Um, I'll go American Sniper, which again I appreciated. But not Best Picture nomination. Wait, is Boyhood bottom of the barrel here? Boyhood is next. Okay. Again, I can understand it being in the mix of Best Picture nominees, but I would have been disappointed if it had won because, again, I've now come around to thinking that it's not that big a deal. <laughs> and then The Theory of Everything was my least favorite of the eight. Wow. So that's my mix. Um, okay. So I see it really evenly split where those top four were my favorites and they were in my top ten of the year. I would have been happy if any of them have won. The bottom four, eh, you know, I don't think they should have been in the mix necessarily. I think sure. there may have been other films throughout the year that could have been in that mix instead. Okay. Uh, now, Chris, they have talked about maybe going back on the Academy to going back to just five nominations a year. Because I think this whole experiment of having up to ten is not really working the way they wanted it to. Because they, 
they don't have a set amount, so it fluctuates back and forth. It fluctuates right? based on how many votes it gets. It has to cross a certain threshold of votes to be a best picture nominee, and then that depends on how many they get. They wanted to expand it because they were hoping to get more mainstream films in there that would attract a larger audience. Well, it's not happening. They're not getting big mainstream films. Honestly, the only one of these films that was a hit was American Sniper. Gotcha. None of the rest of the films like made tons of money. They were all very small films. Yeah, Whiplash. Maybe I think The Imitation Game may be second behind American Sniper as far as being a hit. Hit. Because it did get a lot. It's still in theaters right now. It's still sure. getting a lot of attention. I kind of hope they go to five because I think once you start to get seven, eight, nine, ten films, it's just a little it, much. It makes it harder to guess for our Oscar. Pool. It does. I, I need I need that <laughs> twenty. On. I need that twenty percent chance right. of winning. Um, and plus, since every other category is five nominations, it just seems right. So sure. I hope maybe next year they go back to five. Okay. And really, they can really see for me if they had kept it at five. I would want my four to be four of those five, and I would have been very happy with the slate of nominees Got you. if there was that caliber of films at the top. So, Okay. Any other thoughts you had on the Oscars or disappointments, surprises, anything that you uh, – uh, No. I, I Overall, you know, it was one of the better ceremonies I can think of. You know, of course, it always has a problem of running along. Outside of that, you know – there wasn't a lot of – I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of extra stuff that could have been cut out. I mm. do like seeing the performances of the best songs. I agree. And it just so happened that some of the songs this year were really good that I really yeah. responded to. The one from the um, I'll Be – I Won't Miss You. What's the name the, of The uh, Glenn Campbell documentary. The Glenn Campbell documentary, yeah. The performance of that song was good, of course. You know, the two Lego movie and uh, Selma. So, yeah, yeah. I like that. Not My great. whole thing is just the that. The Gaga thing, probably could have done without. But it, was a, it was an impressive performance, but I didn't was. understand why all the time spent on Sound of Music. Right. Um, just because it had an anniversary. Yeah, like, okay. I just, I mean, there's a lot of films that are having anniversaries every year. Sure. I don't. I wish that the five best song nominees would be the only performances throughout the night. I would, I would sign on with that. Hey, if we had five performances and then some sort of opening number, that's it. Right. No other songs, no other tributes. Give us the uh, people who passed away in the last year. That's and that's it. That's you got to have that tradition on yep. there. But that's it. I agree. Uh, that would have shaved probably twenty twenty five minutes off the whole evening. I'd agree. The only thing that made me not complain about that outright, other than the length of the show, was because I was dreading that because they kept teasing it over and over again at every commercial yeah. break. And you know, Lady Gaga. You know, she. I was like, okay, whatever. But I was just imagining this huge, garish, yeah. ridiculous thing. And it was not, you know, the star was her voice. It wasn't even her. It was was good. And I was like, I had no idea she had that in her. (laughs) So that was interesting. But, you know, could I have used 20 minutes shorter? Absolutely. Yeah, that's my whole thing is I I would love to see the ceremony get over by like 11. That would be amazing. If it went from 830 to 11, two and a half hours to me, that's what you need. For those of us that have to work. Exactly. Or with kids at home or (laughs) anything else where just, you know, sleep is important. So, yeah. Okay. So that's the Oscars. Uh, You know, we... Overall, I think did okay. I think I had like 16 out of 25 correct or 17 out of 25 correct on my list. I did pretty good this year. This was not my worst year, yeah. but it was not my best year. Yeah. I think I maybe had 14, so yeah. two below what you had. Well, it's just, you know, all those bird, Birdman things that, that you didn't me. choose that stung you pretty <laughs> bad. True. So Yes. All right. Let's move on to our recommendation. 
This okay. is the film that we want to recommend that you can either check out online or hopefully soon you can check out online that maybe you've missed from the past. And I think both of us have one that's uh, maybe Oscar kind of connected as well. Is that yes. correct? Yes, that's Why don't you true. go ahead and go first, Chris, and tell us what it is. I'm going to recommend the documentary uh, Finding Vivian Meyer, which was nominated for uh, Best Documentary, Lost to Citizen Four. Um, but it was a really cool documentary for me because it was about photography. It's about mm. this woman who was basically kind of a nanny in some big cities and she walked around and took a lot of pictures yep. and nobody had heard of her or nothing. And this guy came across her photography in like a huge auction. Like he was just buying, you know, you go to auctions, you buy stuff and he saw this tons of stuff that he had and he just bought it. And then he started looking through it. And the process of what he discovers and the type of photographs she took. And he put up a blog and kind of got a lot of, you know, it kind of became a viral sensation and stuff. But the experience of having that happen, but then also discovering the person that was Vivian mm-hmm. Meyer. And they interviewed people that knew her and children that were nannied by her. And mm-hmm. I don't know, the portrait that is drawn of her plus you know, artistic expression and why you would do what she did. And it's just very... Very interesting. Wow. So I, I highly recommend the documentary. Very, it's very available cool. on uh, iTunes currently and probably other places. Great. Finding Vivian Meyer, nominated for Best Documentary, did not win, but Chris is giving a strong recommendation to, to check it out. Absolutely. I'm in a similar boat. I'm recommending a film that was nominated but did not win. This was in the foreign film category. We held a special screening a couple weeks ago of the, of the Russian film Leviathan okay. um, that uh, we were able to bring to Hickory and actually had some – uh, visiting Russians in attendance that night, which was really cool to be able to talk with them afterwards about the film itself. Leviathan, you basically, it, it, the plot is, is that it's a Russian coastal town. Uh, it's forced to fight a corrupt mayor when basically this one man is told that his house is going to be demolished. Okay. The mayor just wants it demolished. Gone. He wants the land. And you have a, a fight going on between the homeowner and the mayor. Um, he brings in a friend of his that's a lawyer to help him fight the situation. But Things get a little twisted from there where things don't go quite as you would hope. Uh, a lot of drama, a lot of interesting uh, developments throughout the story. I wasn't really looking forward to this film when I saw it. The, okay. the, the trailer really plays it as a very slow, quiet, depressing film. And yes, it is slow, slow. quiet, and depressing. So it makes good on <laughs> all those promises. It makes good on the trailer okay. that, the, that it promised. But it is also very, very good. Okay. Um, it's one of those where the bookends of the film, and I'm not going to spoil anything with it, but the bookends of the film I think are really in- intriguing. There's a lot of allegories to the Bible. There's a lot of allegories to the story of Job, a lot of allegories to the idea of religion and the role it plays in society, both the more corporate government religion and hmm. the more down-to-earth you know, true religion that people have. Okay. It has a lot to say, but it does go in different directions that I did not expect. Okay. The main plot line of the film kind of gets a little discarded after about the first hour and goes in a little different direction. And then it circles back at some point. It's, it's an interesting film. I really can't go into too much more about it. Sure. Performances are very strong. I don't know any of the actors. Unfortunately, they're all Russian actors. I will say that you've got <laughs> the closest thing you could say as a bad guy in the film. Uh, Vadim, uh, Roman Madinov plays him as the mayor of this town. Okay. Uh, he's a little caricaturish, a little stereotypical. And actually, that was something that the 
visiting uh, Russians that, that were with us for the screening kind of said was a little over the top stereotypical. And supposedly this man is well known in Russia as being the bad guy in a lot uh, of big films. Okay. So they maybe were a little more less impressed with it than maybe I was, but I really having not seen this guy. Right. right. So he was, he was interesting to watch as a okay. character. And uh, then you've got the lead actor and actress as the husband and wife that are uh, homeowners in this land and what they go through. It's, I look forward to speaking with you about it soon, Chris, whenever you have a chance to see it. Let me just put it that way. Okay. Okay. And I think it'll be available probably online soon. I think so. I know it's available in the United Kingdom online, and I think it should be coming to the U.S. pretty soon. As of last time I checked, I think we're within probably a few weeks of having it available. So it should be any any day now, yeah, to see it online. So so that's Leviathan and Finding Vivian Meyer, two Oscar-nominated films that did not win, but were really, really close. I think both of these were kind of considered maybe second- like runners up, you know, they were like the ones that some people were saying, yeah, these could actually win, but Ida won for best farm picture, which I did like Ida better than Leviathan. So I will say, I thought okay. that was a good win, Okay, but Leviathan could have easily been best picture for best farm picture. I haven't seen citizen four, so I can't attest to whether or not that was like the best documentary or not. I don't know. Did you see it? I, I haven't. Um, okay. and I, I want to, so, you know, maybe that did win by merit, but Finding Vivian Meyer did have a lot of uh, uh, support behind it as well. So definitely two you ought to check out, we think, from, from last year. I think we're done with 2014 at this point, Chris, officially. <laughs> I mean, okay. we're only a fourth of the way through the new year, but we can officially close the book. I don't think any film we're going to be sh- talking about from a review standpoint going forward were necessarily one to re- release in 2014 that I can think of. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're in the 2015 now. Now, unfortunately, this starts to get into a little bit of the tricky part of the year. Right. And there's just not a whole lot of really good films that come out January, February, March, or April. Oh, you know what I heard was going to happen. What's that? Well, one of our fellow shows here on the Mass Chick Chat. Oh, no. I know where this is going. Uh, A certain, I don't know if you, in February, there's this holiday called Valentine's Day. I'm familiar with it. like the plague. Yes. But, um... It happens, and this year not only did it happen, but it was simultaneous with the release of a small independent film that we haven't really touched on much, but called Fifty Shades of Grey. I have heard of this, um, yes. So uh, there's there's talk that we're actually going to do a uh, discussion of that film. So it is a 2015 film that was released in yeah, February. Yeah, it was released in February. Apparently has garnered. Some we're at buzz. least waiting till it comes online, right? So we can rent it for think, a I few bucks instead of plan. paying eleven dollars at the theater to go see it and having to be seen in a public place. Yeah, watching this movie. exactly. Yes. So we do owe it to our listeners and to our fellow show, show host. To, you know, if we're going to be critical of films and watch films, we need to watch a whole wide assortment of films. Sure. And this would be one that did make a lot of money. Yep. Uh, didn't get a lot of praise from critics, but we'll see if maybe we feel differently about it. Who knows? Well, and I think a lot of what I'd heard was, uh, I, you know, I can't, in a way, I can't wait to see it because I can't wait to rip it to shreds. Mm-hmm. But apparently some of the buzz on the internet was that actually critics were kind of surprised and a little disappointed <laughs> that they couldn't rip it apart. <laughs> that they couldn't as rip bad. it apart yeah. more. That could so, be. We'll see. We'll see. We may be doing that as kind of a joint show with Chick Chat or a, one of those, uh, like the old sitcoms used to have where you have a special guest from an, another sitcom visiting right. and it's like a big deal and they though. kind of do a crossover. Sure. I think we're looking at a crossover episode with Chick Chat at some point. So good. We'll look forward to that. <laughs> 
uh, air quotes around looking forward. <laughs> Chris, we look forward to people having giving us feedback and kind of talking uh, talking with us about their thoughts on what the show, the reviews we gave, and all that. And of course, we always want people to kind of give us their thoughts and feedback. And you want to kind of talk people through how they might do that? And- yeah, absolutely. You can uh, at info at themesh.tv. You can uh, jot us an email and give us some feedback. You can also, Alan and I put reviews and stuff up on uh, letterbox.com where mm-hmm. we both have um, accounts. But I wanted, actually, we got a, a little email or whatever from a member recently that asked us about, um, she, she actually asked a question, not just you know general yeah, feedback sure. on the show, but she wanted to know if we had seen a, documentary called hot coffee i have not have hot coffee seen it? i had not seen and it it no. sounds really interesting she had uh, listened to one of our back episodes which are all available at the mesh.tv we have all of our back episodes so you know if you want to listen to our review of uh, blackfish which is a documentary we mm-hmm. talked about the sea world um, yeah she case. was commenting about the blackfish right. episode right mm-hmm. and uh, she wanted to know what our thoughts were on hot coffee i haven't seen it i have not either we, but i am now i have it on my list now Do you? Okay, to good. check out and it is available on itunes great and briefly it's about um the whole lawsuit that centered around somebody spilling Hot coffee. Oh, the McDonald's thing? And get, yes, and getting burned. Wow. And not specifically just about that case, but examining how big corporations used that case and wanted tort reform about how things were pursued in the courts. Okay. And then they examined how that's affected some court cases that came after that. Sounds very interesting. I had heard about it, but I had completely forgotten about it. So, um, Actually, it came through Twitter yeah. at Velma Wrinkley. Thank you for thank you for the suggestion. Um, thank you for there. the suggestion. I had heard of it, but had forgotten about it. I'm now have it on my list to check out. So great, thank you. good. That's that's what we love. You know, we get a lot of thoughts and comments from people who just want to expand on the films we saw or kind of give their own take on it. But you know, we love the questions and we love recommendations of films maybe we haven't seen or a little bit of a blind spot for us that we need to check out. We certainly certainly appreciate that. So many ways to do that to Twitter at. Uh, what's our Twitter handle? It's Foot Candle. It's at Foot Candle Film. Foot Candle Film. You've got FootCandle.org, which is our website about our film society to find out what we're screening in uh, Western North Carolina. Then the Mesh.tv, as Chris mentioned, where you can go and, and contact us as well. A lot of ways to do it. And of course, don't forget the iTunes ratings and reviews. Those you can, help you can, us out too. We love it. And it helps other people find the show too, which is great. So with that, I think we're done. We're going to wrap up. We'll be back uh, in, the, in the coming weeks with more episodes and more film reviews and discussions as we go forward. And um, throw this out there real quick. We do have, for those of you living in Western North Carolina, or if you feel obligated, you really want to support us and support what we're doing, you could fly to uh, Hickory, North Carolina, September 25th through the 27th of 2015. We're holding our first film festival. But more importantly right now, what we're really trying to do is get the word out there to filmmakers. So if you are a filmmaker and you want to submit a film or you know somebody who is, send them to our website, uh, footcandle.org, and there's information there on how to submit your film. Yeah, it's going to be our very first ever Foot Candle Film Festival. We're really excited about it. We are in the process of getting submissions, probably up through the summertime. We'll be getting submissions in. So we encourage you, if you know somebody or you are a filmmaker or have finished a film in the last couple of years, please go online and consider submitting it. Uh, I think it's a nominal $10 charge for submission. But, you know, if you're a listener to the show and you like what we're doing, reach out to us. We might be able to throw you a discount code for that as well just to get your submission in. So just uh, we'd love to see your films. We'd love to consider your films for our festival. It's going to be a lot of fun in September, and you'll definitely be hearing more about it in future episodes. So, all right, everybody. I think that'll wrap it up for today. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. See you in the ticket line. Films. 
Special thanks to Carpal Tuller for the show theme music. For more about Carpal Tuller, visit www.carpaltuller.com. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.